0: and welcome to John Carpenter's Film Pigs Podcast. I am your host, Todd Robert Anderson. I'm
1: here with... I'm John Carpenter's Stephen Falk.
0: And I am John Carpenter's Steve Skelton. Welcome. Welcome one and all to John Carpenter's Film Pigs Podcast. Uh, uh, we start these podcasts, um, if you're uh, just listening for the first time, with a hard-hitting, up-to-the-minute Movie news. Isn't that John Carpenter's movie news? John Carpenter's movie news. Uh, as selected by John Carpenter. Um, let's start with uh, Stephen Falk. Uh, what What do you got for us on the news front?
1: Well, uh, interesting news in the um, in the way too late and what and oh my God, Europe, you're weird. Uh, the Larry Crown uh, poster, what? that that failed movie, Larry Crown. With uh, that movie, Tom, with Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and, and yeah. Julia Roberts riding on a moped. This is
2: cutting edge news.
1: Well, the Spain, uh, Spain, Spain has uh, Spain? Uh, Spain has, um, has fined uh, the movie uh, thirty thousand euros because it showed uh, Julie Roberts and Tom Hanks riding on the back of a moped without wearing helmets, and there's a strict law. <laughs> <wall. laughs> <laughs> There's a strict law in in, in Spain uh, from 1985 um, banning advertising that encouraging that encourages poor driving habits,
2: and that didn't come up until they released the movie. They no one figured that out.
1: Yeah, and they're not wearing a moped. And you like know. thirty
2: thousand euros. That's
1: what like eight million dollars US, right? That's yeah, basically. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, so so
0: so they they paid the fine, or did they just say, wait, whoa, well, whoa, we'll just alter the posters? And remember. well, it's
1: it's the film, it's the company that's distributing it in Spain. I don't know who that is, but. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to pay that fine, apparently. Wow. Yeah.
2: Steve Scalton, what do you got? Um, I have uh, from the Entertainment Weekly reports that uh, Clint Eastwood likes Herman Kane in the GOP presidential field and no one else. Really? Yeah, he's he's a big fan of the pizza tycoon Herman Kane. He says, "I love Kane's story. He's a guy who came from nowhere and did well, obviously against heavy odds. He's a doer and a straight talker, which I don't see enough of from either party."
1: He likes to he likes to do sexual harassment yeah. on women who <laughs> work for
2: him. So clearly Clint Eastwood is Officially senile.
0: I'm I'm sure once he makes the Herman Cain biopic, he'll cut out the sexual uh, harassment stuff. Yeah, as he cut out the cross-dressing stuff. It'll from be a the pizzas of our J. Edgar Pizzas yeah. of our
1: Godfathers. Cleveland pro pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that that uh, you know. Every time I hear his political leanings, it makes me so sad because I saw him on the Daily Show the other night, and it actually made me happy.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just it, his presence on that show made me sort of He's
2: happy. got he's got a great presence. He, he does. Presence. He's he's very he, I mean, and he's God very cool. Him. God bless him. He's I love very Clint, cool. But come on.
0: Well, really? and he goes and he goes on the Daily Show, which yeah. clearly is the opposite of his political belief. But right. he Right. I mean, at, at least at least
2: he is a uh right-winger that has a sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Which is unusual. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that's big uh all right, I'm
0: going to discuss uh and this is of course open for discussion. I'm going to discuss uh the the Academy Awards uh news story. I haven't heard uh, anything about this. What happened uh, there? No. What, what's oh, going on? see what happened what, is Brett Ratner,
1: oh, auteur, auteur. Uh, auteur oh, yeah. Brett Ratner, uh, film, very luminary, uh, uh, film luminary, uh
0: film luminary Brett Ratner stepped yeah, down as man. uh yeah, as producer of the Academy Awards Once and fired. Eddie Eddie Murphy who fired. <laughs> And Eddie Murphy uh, went with him. Basically said, "I'm not going to do it if Brett Ratner's not doing it because you know solidarity. Solidarity
1: amongst yeah, no, they're, you know, they're close. They're,
3: they're homophobes have to weirdos. Stick to <laughs> the- yeah. uh, Eddie Murphy,
1: whose entire um, stand up used to just be faggot, faggot, faggot." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you watch the hilarious, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, faggot, yeah,
3: faggot. it's
2: like, it's like every other joke yeah. is really alarming. But yeah.
0: I, I think that the thing that's being overlooked here is uh, that Brett Ratner said rehearsal is for fags, right? And I don't think that's true. I think rehearsals for everyone, not just homosexuals. <laughs> yeah. I think right. everyone. I think rehearsals important, and I think that maybe if he rehearsed more. With his actors for his movies They might, I don't know, they might
1: be more resonant It wasn't only that though It was it was basically a critical mass And I'm actually, I think it's a bad thing That he has been Forced to resign from it I think it's actually bad for free speech Because I actually want I want artists to feel free to go on Howard Stern And talk about the size of their balls As he did this week uh-huh. Or how many chicks he's banged Or go on G4 and talk about how he fucked Olivia Munn Before she was Asian and,
3: uh, <laughs> right, right.
1: I, you know, I, li- I, I like that. Well, but he's a, a fucking douchebag. But it's also
2: the difference, though, is like, is, there's a huge difference between Howard Stern and the Academy Awards, right? Well, and I you think know, the sticking point
0: with the Academy Awards really was the word fags. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, th- I, I think you should be able to say whatever you want, but uh, then. People who hear what you say have the freedom to respond however they want. Right.
1: I mean, I guess the the, the but the big lesson. Well, is I mean, as long as if there's you're not gonna violence. Be, if you're going to be homophobic, don't do it for the gay Super Bowl. <laughs> don't offend <laughs> Bruce Valanche. And, <laughs> and yeah. those crew you're not going to get away with it
0: yeah freedom of speech is is important but there are repercussions to it yeah, there, I are, throw,
1: there are I, I think throwing the word fags
0: around at this point mm-hmm. as an adult as opposed to a high school like if Justin Bieber had said rehearsals for fags yeah. I'd be like someone should just take him aside and explain well, to him why that's
2: not he cool. sounds like a 14 year old kid on Xbox Live yeah, that's yeah, what I, he sounds like yeah, yeah. when he talks I honestly
1: yeah. can't prove it but I do think it was more than just that I think if it was just that he would have been okay but his press tour for for Tower Heist revealed a lot of bad shit that was just getting a lot of play in the news cycle, and I think fags was the the, straw the final trophy. straw yeah 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 uh, I think he would have survived it. Otherwise. for me
0: personally, the quote that uh, aggravated me the most from him was about how tower heist he said, Tower Heist is going to resonate with people because it's about the 99%. 99%. I was like,
2: fuck off. Oh, my God.
0: This is a movie okay, that's, that, yeah. made by bazillionaires yeah. with <laughs> from bazillionaires the perspective of yeah. bazillionaires. And you're telling me it's going to resonate? You have no fucking idea what you're talking there's
2: about. There's nothing about this guy I like.
0: Yeah, no. No, it, no, no it, that, that was what aggravated me yeah. the most. Um, and just uh, uh, ton uh, Sling Dog, my cousin, yeah. who will yeah, appear later yeah. on the podcast. Oh, he's your
1: cousin. I didn't. Re- I I never him, knew the I saw family. him outside
2: by the garbage cans.
0: Yeah, he He likes to root uh-huh. around. He's, he's a right. recycler. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he stole my identity like three times by <laughs> digging out my financial records. Yeah. I wish he wouldn't do that.
0: I, I've talked to him several times. How many Discover cards do you have You've now? Like it's, eight. He doesn't mean anything about <laughs> it. I have a it's Diner's just... Club card. <laughs>
2: they, really? Yeah.
0: It's just how it was brought up. Anyway. There's nothing to do. Anyway, he, he wanted me in the news segment to mention this as a consumer alert. Uh, there is a movie coming out uh, uh, this Friday, eleven eleven eleven. I don't know when, if this is going to be posted before then or is this going to be today? Uh, Wednesday. That's Immortals Day. I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, which yeah. Is so the this tough. will come out. So if you happen to listen yeah. to this at uh, the minute, really it really comes me under out under the gun here. Yeah, no, this is serious. Uh, there's a movie, a horror movie called Eleven 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 that's coming out. In uh, limited release, it sounds pretty good, but it's eleven dash eleven dash eleven. Okay. And uh, Asylum Pictures—they're a straight-to-video company that make these cheap, uh, really fast knockoff yeah. movies. They do knockoffs. They did War of the Worlds, which was called War of the yeah. Worlds with C. Thomas Howell, and it's endless. They're knockoff movies. They did one called Eleven Eleven Eleven, but instead of dashes, they used backslashes. Sure. <laughs> So um just be aware so oh, Tan okay. just so that, wants
2: you to be aware. So that, that means there's room for an 11 period, 11 period, 11. There's, there's yeah.
0: And there's a, a room for 11 asterisks, 11 asterisks, 11, 11, Yeah, hash. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there, yeah. It's, all, it's all open <laughs> for the but, Spanish. Uh... But if if you get 11 slash 11 slash 11, you're not getting you're the real getting You're not getting the full quality
1: picture yeah, that 11 11 11 And
0: Tan wanted everyone to understand
1: oh, that. That's you. good to Thanks know. Thanks for that info. Right
0: on. All right, it's time for a new segment. What? Yeah? That's groovy music for our new segment called I Just Don't Get It. Now, there are uh, movies that you you may not like, but you understand why people like them. Sure. For example, I didn't like the movie Titanic, but I get why 12-year-old girls like it. I
1: totally get or it. Or very Harold and Kumar Christmas in 3D for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no, you didn't like you it, but you can understand it. why yeah, sure. we might yeah. like it. I should have liked it. But then there are movies that you, you just can't wrap your head around why anyone would be entertained by right. it. And that is what this segment is. And I'll, I'll start, start out. Uh, yeah, give, give us uh, an example. I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah. My example uh, for this new segment is a movie called Paranormal Activity, uh, um, and Paranormal Number One or Number One. Or... I have not okay. seen the sequels. The sequels could be wonderful. Okay. I don't know, but the first one it was obviously the fuel that created this, you know, box office yeah. juggernaut this that is budge. the franchise. This yeah. low budget, quote unquote, found footage right. horror show, which is not new. It obviously started with the Blair Witch project. And
1: Blair Witch 2 probably should have taken a cue from this somehow in the future. Yeah. And, done, and gone back and in time. That instead yeah, of done, done in another it. found footage movie yeah. instead of a big... Uh, Personally, sort
0: of... <laughs> you know, for bad entertainment movie value, I preferred Blair Witch 2 to Blair Witch. But I understood why people like Blair Witch because it was novel. Yeah. It was the first found footage right. horror yeah. movie, and it, you sort of could buy into before you even saw it the idea that it could be real, and Paranormal Activity did the same thing, which had been done, you know, by Cloverfield before that. Right. And, and you know, there there have been lots of these Blair Witch knockoffs. That movie, and I and and I understand the concept in that we all are afraid of the dark and thing doors opening and closing that we don't know who's doing it, blah 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 blah. But that movie is just too. We're afraid of time date stamps. It, it's two obnoxious. <laughs> people for an hour and a half, for the most part, arguing with each other about why they should or shouldn't be filming what's going on versus arguing why they should or shouldn't be leaving a house That's haunted. with a possible malevolent pol- poltergeist in yeah. it. Right. And it, the malevolent poltergeist is such a small part of the running time, and most of it is these two assholes arguing. I just have never been able to understand why you would be entertained by that.
1: I can posit a guess. Um, why? Having never seen it, that... Um, that it is simply the gimmick of the found footage thing that they can see past and that it, it hits onto some scary thing in their mind that it that it, it got the fascination of the viewers um, that that's what, what the hook was. I
0: guess. I mean, that... I'm just, actually, pa- I'm that, just that, guessing. That, yeah. I, I, I understand that, you know, intellectually, but also, I mean, it, it I guess if you were just born... I suppose, and you hadn't seen Blair Witch or Cloverfield or anything else, then maybe, but... I, I just don't. I, I don't. I mean, activities. and I don't understand it as a phenomenon. I just don't get it because and 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 I I hear, I hear people on podcasts and all that uh, reviewing the new movies and talking about the old one and how it really grabbed them. And one of the things that they say is it's really actually an interesting movie about a relationship. Oh, well, that's, uh, you know. And I'm like, about. what are you talking about? It's about. Two complete assholes living together,
1: yeah, see, <laughs> not getting along. See Annie Hall, if you want to see <laughs> yeah, an yeah. interesting relationship <laughs>
0: Yeah, It just
2: it. No, I, I, do I don't an get Annie it. Hall and throw in a poltergeist. You got, uh, a, you got a picture? A malevolent yeah, that's poltergeist.
1: A that's a picture. Yeah. I'd see a movie called Malevolent Poltergeist. Oh yeah,
2: sure. Why not? Well, that'll probably well, that's come out good. On one. That. Steve Skelton, what do you got? Uh, my I just don't get it is uh, three hundred. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, the big hit at the time, and it it sent Zack Snyder down his endless uh, slow mo, fast mo, effects mo hole of uh, director tricks. And I I, I remember it made
1: that actor star, that Irish-y actor,
2: yeah, guy. yeah. The Butler was that Gerard's jar Gerard Butler, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, the, the thing that that I just don't I just don't get about it is everybody like swooned over. Um, like the action in the movie and how great the action was and i remember sitting in the theater seeing you know the slow-mo fastmo seeing not very well coordinated combat sequences not very interesting action that was being played with but with director tricks as opposed to giving me an actual battle that was exciting and had some stakes that i was interested in and in characters that were so flat and one-dimensional and just uninteresting right. mm-hmm. aside you know from their glorious abs that there was there was i, I there's nothing there to to latch onto if, if uh, the
0: only the only i mean i totally agree with you i don't get it either the only thing i could think of is the rose colored glasses have just not come off in that you know i was excited to see that movie because of the marketing I was like, here's you know a bl- R rated bloody battle, yeah. I mean, so was on sorcery. Well, not sorcery, but just sorty. But, but 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 there like, was but sorcery like a, but, sort but, of no, in No, but
2: not. But like, a, but it was like a <clears throat> like a highly stylized period piece. Yeah, because um, it was the com the Frank Miller comic And It book looked like adaptation. Sin. It looked like Sin City. Well, yeah, the same Frank Miller you know, comic book, so,
0: so it was like Sin City, but with guys just tearing people's heads yeah, off. I mean, I, got, each like, other and... I went to see it, and I get going to see it, but I don't get liking it. I yeah.
1: guess. That's what I'm saying. It's
2: flat. It's just a flat. Maybe movie. it's
1: just for people who hate Persians.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, uh, there you go. Uh. Yeah. uh
1: mine is a little movie uh, from 2002 called Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and uh, this immediately came to mind when uh, when I was um put the topic was put forward because I remember I saw it with um uh, my ex and my sister in, in a movie theater and after every like song and dance number People were standing up and applauding, and the three of us were an island of silence and confusion <laughs> to the point where I literally thought that it was a jo- like I was being punked somehow. It was when Punked was on the air, and I was looking around for Ashton Kutcher. It was very, co- <laughs> and the three of us. It, and it, if if my sister had loved it or Max had loved it, but all of us, and then everyone else loved it, um, it was very confusing. the The music is shitty. It's not it's not even period <laughs> no. music. It's like the first song is like Nirvana. The first
0: half hour of that movie is just a headache. It's mm. it's, it's the, just cu- a the cutting
1: is so frenetic and confusing and convoluted. McGregor McGregor's likable enough, but Nicole Kidman is not and they have zero chemistry together. J- John Leguizamo made a made a ridiculous uh he played the the what's this guy? the um the midget uh painter uh to to lose the track. He was terrible. Um, And I actually read a little bit about Cat Stevens, would not license Father and Son, (laughs) which was going to be the first musical number. What a very slow song? It's not time <laughs> to make a change. change. Yeah. Which is a scene between Christian and his father in his father's office, and all the father's employees were supposed to join along in the chorus. What? Which, uh, which would have, I'd, which would have confused me way further. But uh, goddammit, it, he wouldn't let him use it, which is, which is good. Yeah, on him.
0: I, I, yeah.
1: Anyway, I that movie is confounding to me.
0: Outside of the fact that it was uh, a musical. In a cinematic landscape that had no musicals, it. Yeah, I agree. Well, Chicago came Chicago, after, yeah. right? Oh, did it? Yeah, I get to yeah, it Yeah, yeah but no, no, and I'm not. Chicago's yeah, way I'm worse. i I'm not a
2: big musical fan, but. I under like I can watch a musical and go, oh, I see why. Yeah, you know, West people like West Side Story. That's actually a really well made movie, and you know it's fun. And, and you know, or Guys and Dolls, or you know, sure, 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 you know, or Chicago, or anything. But yeah, Moulin Rouge is like wh- that was just like somebody like th- threw up a musical. Yeah, <laughs>
1: basically. Yeah, it was musical. Peak. I mean, you have to really like Baz Luhrmann. I actually I had
2: all. I
0: had the same uh, sort of experience you did uh, when my father in law took my wife and I to see the L.A. production of the musical version of The Producers in the theater, uh, where it was was it Jason Alexander? My father in law and me and my wife, yeah, Jason Alexander and Martin Short. And the three of us are sitting there and (laughs) the theater the whole time is erupting during this fucking three hour bore fest.
3: Like, Ah,
0: ah!" and we were going, looking at each other, like, what are they seeing? I mean, it was it was a painful mess to the point where there was one scene where Martin Short and Jason Alexander got lost, couldn't remember their lines, looked at each other and just started laughing. Good God. <laughs> and everybody was like, yay! And I was like, you're applauding so, actors who forgotten where they are. We should leave the where they are. And go rent the producers. <laughs> yeah, oh
1: God, great movie. All right, yeah. it's time
0: for John Carpenter's theme.
1: Burn, Hollywood burn, I smell a ride going on. First, the guilty, now John Carpenter's theme is
0: the, the films of John Carpenter. Oh, that was unexpected. Uh, uh, yeah, you wouldn't expect that. I am going to take you uh, through an Audible journey through uh, Audible uh, Audible <laughs> journey through John Carpenter's uh, career in movies. Oh, okay. yeah. So um, and are I'm you, hoping you
2: GHT I
1: guess or.
0: so. And when I say I'm taking you, I mean you, Steve, and you, Steve. Oh, okay. And uh, any other listeners named Steve, you are also part of this. But if you're not named Steve, just listen. Is there a you, charge you for this opinions. journey? No, there's no charge. Oh. there's no charge. You're just welcome. So I'm. Uh, I'll start with a brief bio, but when I get into the the movies, I, I'm hoping any ones that you've seen, you'll chime in and say what you think, uh, or just let me talk. Whatever. Um, so John Carpenter. He was born in uh, New York. He was he was a baby when he was uh, I think uh, five. He Mm -hmm. moved to Kentucky. If you listen to him talk, he's got a little bit of a Kentucky accent, even though he was born in New York. Um, He loved movies. He was a big movie lover. Yeah. Imagine that. A director who was a big movie lover as a kid. Yeah. he his the movies he loved the most were uh low budget horror and science fiction films
2: of okay. the 50s. That's a curveball. Uh
0: it it was. And but this is what's interesting and he really really loved above and beyond those things he loved westerns. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the combination of those two things really resonate in most of yeah. his movies. Um he made a lot of Eight millimeter movies when he was a kid, before he was even in high school, and then he won a lot of awards when he was in college making short films and all that stuff. Now, his first feature film was a $60,000 know, shoestring picture called Dark Star, right. which is With Dan O'Bannon, uh, uh, Dan and, O'Bannon yeah. who went on to uh, do special effects on Star Wars, uh-huh. miniature work on Star Wars. He wrote Alien. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's written and produced a lot of you know great sci-fi stuff. Um, Dark Star is a satirical uh, sci-fi movie about two guys who are in a tiny spaceship that has bombs on it. And their job is to blow up planets that are in the way of intergalactic uh, trade. trade routes. Like trade routes. Or, yeah. Yeah. So of
1: just going around it,
2: yeah, and then, and they have and they have a bomb that isn't the bombs are intelligent and one decides it wants to blow up, right? And it's they try it, to yeah, it not
0: to blow up. It's yeah. a it's a riff on two thousand and one, really, uh, but it, it is it is funny and you know given how little money they had, it it is sort of impressive, and entertaining. Uh, And then the next movie he made uh, after that was called Assault on Precinct 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's one where you really see the Western influence. Um, The standoff. uh, It's a standoff movie. It also, uh, that movie feels very influenced by uh, Night of the Living Dead to me because the gangsters, even though you see the gang, I I mean, it, it, it resonated with me as a kid because it was the first movie I ever saw where in the first 10 minutes of the movie, a kid is killed. Who's in that one? uh no nobody famous um um the acting's really good in it but it's nobody famous but the the gangsters kill a kid uh within the first 10 minutes of the movie to sort of set up how awful they are right and then it's you know the main characters in this police uh station that's about to be shut down and they wind up under Siege. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen this movie. Okay. Yeah, you thought it was slow yeah. when yeah. I showed it to yep. you. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like it. Um, and it's sort of unlike a lot of stuff. I mean, I, my main... The reason why I like John Carpenter so much, outside of I'm a dork and he does sort of dorky things, is the his tone, you know, and his pacing are unlike anybody else's. Mm-hmm. They're really, you know, the, to bring the Western... To, to mash up those two kind of... Tones, the western and the the sci-fi movie, is something that you know hadn't been done and still hasn't been done. <laughs> probably well, because most of his been, movies western haven't sci-fi done has well. has been
2: done since, but uh, well, but yeah, but was, not.
0: I mean, but the tones of his Buck movies rubanque. are very specific. I mean, for the most part, yeah, Buckaroo Banzai yeah. is a good example, but for the most part. You know, his movies, and I think they still resonate and inspire filmmakers because they are different and they still, as old as they've gotten at this point, still feel very original if you haven't seen them before. So, after Assault on Precinct 13 came the movie that made him important, which was uh, Halloween slasher film. Um, First time I saw that was on TV, it was unedited on Channel 38. In Boston, on Halloween,
1: terrible. Do you guys see that program when you were kids? Or
0: yeah, actually, yeah, I did. So I, I didn't it, get I 38
1: in California, but yeah. yeah, no,
0: well, no, you guys, I did you. see
1: it as a kid. My sister used to always make me watch it. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Love those movies.
0: <laughs> it's it's a classic. So he became this sort of horror meister as a result of that. Uh, even though his first two movies were not yeah. horror. What
2: what 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 year was Halloween? Uh, I think it was 78. I want to say
0: 78. I think it was 78. Um, Then his next two movies... The internet will correct us. His next two movies uh, were not theatrical movies. He did two TV movies. Uh, One was a Hitchcock homage called uh, Somebody's Watching Me. Um, And in the 70s, there was sort of this um, awesome... Kind of, uh, you know, renaissance of TV movies. It it became a tentpole for networks. The you know, yeah, Sunday yeah. night TV movie, right, right,
1: right. Uh, oh, yeah, which doesn't yeah.
0: exist anymore. But they were competing with Hollywood's movies um, by doing their own movies that they aired on Sunday right. nights and stuff. So and and there were a lot of horror ones. There was uh, the trilogy of terror, which is a famous one. Um, and there there were a bunch of them. He did one, and it was this. Uh, Rear window type of deal. And it's it's pretty good. But it's not, you know, it's not... It doesn't have that John Carpenter stamp mm. that a lot of his movies have. And then he did uh, another TV movie, a, a epic three-hour TV movie uh, that started his relationship with Kurt Russell, um, and it was called Elvis. Okay. And it was about Elvis. Weird. and kurt russell played elvis yeah and uh i had it, it only was released on dvd last year hmm. for
1: the first time um and Did he i play him again in three thousand miles to graceland or was he, 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 he played
0: in elvis in person yeah, uh, three thousand miles to graceland uh three thousand miles to graceland was more you know the kurt russell that is popular the tango and cash yeah bombastic right. funny guy um uh, I love Kurt Russell, I really do. Um, but if you watch this movie, and you—I'm not necessarily recommending it—but if you're a John Carpenter completist and you want to see, you know, something he did that was completely different, Elvis, the it's your bag, the it—it it really is. And it's—it's it's a very well-made TV movie. Uh, not to belittle TV movies by calling it a TV movie but it definitely has you know there's the commercial breaks and the certain you know beats that they have to hit mm-hmm. and all that stuff but it's it's really well made um and Kurt Russell's really good as Elvis i thought i mean the movie doesn't really delve into the darkness that i think Elvis had i don't know that anybody's done that because he died kind of poorly um, it's more of a, a love affair with Elvis. The this movie, I mean, it you know deals with certain melodramatic elements of his life, of course, but you know it doesn't really get dark. But it it's a good TV movie. Um, after this, his next theatrical release, because he become the horror guy, was The Fog, right? Which is uh, pirate zombies mm. uh, that attack a small town because certain members of the small town stole their treasure. Um, yeah, you don't want to do that to pirate ghost You shouldn't
2: steal. Don't steal uh, uh, pirate uh, ghost uh, treasure. Pirate, pirate. Yeah, treasure. Come on, I mean that's really that kind of goes without saying.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it had Adrian Barbeau, um, and she's got boobs, so that's nice. Did you, did you ever see the the fog? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you like
2: it? It was okay. Yeah, it's okay. I it's like the remake uh, films.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not so big on the remake. I mean, I but.
2: like it. I mean, just the. I mean, I like the concept. <laughs> it's kind just of
1: fun Like ghost pirates coming out of fog. At you. Of scary. that's scary. Growing up in the yeah. Bay Area, yeah. fog could, was a little scary. After that,
0: yeah, you didn't know, like fog. We got a lot of fog. Yeah,
1: fog did. After not that, so many, not so many pirates.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, you know, no. and, and 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 that did all right. Asian <laughs> DVD
1: pirates, but
0: <laughs> that did all right box office wise. But the interesting thing about you know most of his movies, especially the ones that people love, they didn't do well. And they were crit- critically hated, and they didn't do that well at the box office. The Fog did okay. And his next movie after the, the Fog was his first theatrical film with Kurt Russell, which was called Escape, Escape from New York. Escape from New York. And it's a uh, dystopian future. New York is a prison, and Kurt Russell has to go in and rescue the president. Donald Trump, Who's uh, crashed... In the prison that is Manhattan. It's very dangerous. It's yeah. very dangerous. He had to go in. It's very dangerous. He has to deal with, uh, uh, you know, Isaac Hayes, Isaac Hayes yeah. who's a soul singer. And, and he had uh, eye problems. He had eye problems. <laughs> it's but very I, dangerous.
1: Weird name. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Weird name T-shirt like a cut-off he T-shirt. Was, yeah,
0: he had a, he had strange religious beliefs. There the, was a lot of the stuff. Some sort of
1: satchel around his.
0: He had a yeah. I think weird, he had a, like, like a cross
1: leather <laughs> satchel.
0: Couldn't couldn't find a razor.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and this uh, this is one of those movies I saw in high school that blew my mind on the B movie level because, you know, growing up in a small town, I didn't see a lot of B movies. Yeah, um, until you hadn't seen
1: Warriors. Because that that this movie saw, reminds me a lot of Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah I
0: saw Warriors after I saw okay. Escape from New York. Yeah, but I, I think I, think I saw Warriors like, after. I think New York I saw before uh, they're Warriors.
1: They're totally similar. So very, yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: Um, but Escape from New York has something Warriors doesn't. And that is the Kurt Russell, you know, the Western hero. This sort of anti-hero. Well, but he's who's, also and Russell is the, like,
2: I mean, he's holding so, it up. He's so like a pitch perfect B actor, like he knows exactly what he's doing as an actor at every at any moment. In I mean, that in the later well, stuff, I, and and it, and it makes him so much fun to watch him run around in his costume and chewing the scenery and shooting people.
0: But he also, I mean, you know, Kurt Russell, I think. You know, I think a lot of people sell him short because of the Snake Pliskin stuff and the Tampa stuff. I'm not saying Cash he's a bad stuff. actor. I think but he's he knows when actor, he's doing that well, stuff. When I, no, I'm actually saying, I mean, doing, that's that's actually yeah. a
2: compliment because there's a lot of, you know, big name A list actors that, you know, could never pull off a B movie the way Russell does. They, right. they, they're too right. self conscious about their yes. own performances. like Kevin
1: Costner could yeah. never pull it off well. Yeah. Because he thinks he's an A-list even when he's making B-list yeah. like Waterworld or Postman. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Russell
2: right. knows he can, he can make these, those adjustments uh, right. so perfectly.
0: Yeah. So then, after Escape from New York, John Carpenter made John Carpenter's The Thing, which is a remake of oh, The Thing so from good. Another World, which is, you know... <laughs> the 50s. I mean, we don't even need to talk about that. Everybody Thing loves that movie. Yeah. After that, he did a Stephen King adaptation. Called Christine. Christine, right. Um, the, uh, Stephen King adaptations, for the most part, are awful. Yes. We're Except the, for the Frank Darabont ones, most of which aren't horror movies. But I really liked Christine.
1: Uh, yeah, but the, the successful ones n- normally aren't the horror ones.
0: Right, yeah. They're more thrillers. Like The
1: Shining was sort of not quite a horror. Uh, Stand By Me was not a horror. The Frank Darabont ones were not horror.
0: Misery is more of a thriller. Stephen
1: King, that's a whole different But Christine
0: was a horror movie. It's a supernatural horror movie about a killer car, and it's actually good. Uh, It's an entertaining movie. After that, he made Starman.
1: Yes, love Which Starman. is Oscar uh, nominated. Yeah, so, uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. And Jeff Bridges is so. I just am wondering that if movie. That, is, that is like the biggest budget he's ever had. It was probably for Starman. You
1: think? No, probably some later. Probably like I think he had more money later. Uh, it wasn't a huge <coughs> budget. No, wasn't. But it wasn't. Yeah, but it was
2: his, no. I, mean, I but it wasn't. It was his biggest movie though.
0: I think his biggest budgeted movie was probably. Well, we'll get to that. Ah. Good. Go, go. um, but anyway, Starman's great. Love Jeff yeah, Bridges is great. amazing in it. I mean, amazing. Jeff Bridges is... Uh, it, it's a movie built... I mean, it's got special effects. The special effects are not great in Starman, I don't think. No. But Jeff but Bridges the time, is, the effect, is the special yeah. effect. They're drawn level. He's so good in that So good. Movie. Um, yeah, and, a, Karen Allen is, and Karen yeah. Allen is great yeah, in yeah, Karen, and Karen Allen's great. Wonderful. And then after
2: that... Deer's great.
0: Right. Deer. And then after that, he did another studio picture... Called Big Trouble in Little China with love Kurt Russell, which the critics hated and it bombed. People love it now, yeah. but it didn't do I've well. Always
3: loved that movie. And he had a lot of trouble.
0: He had a lot of trouble with what he wanted to do versus what they would let him right. do. So there was a lot of butting heads with right, John right, Carpenter right. and the studio heads. So after that, he fin- got his movies financed on his own for a couple. Like of Woody movies. Allen. Right. He did the movie called Prince of Darkness. Nice. Which is about demons in a basement. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and that, you know, it's <laughs> not a great demons. movie, but it,
1: if you like, like resale value.
0: demon <laughs> zombie movies with a homeless Alice Cooper who's creepy, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. You could do yeah. a lot worse. It, it's an entertaining B picture. And then he made, you know, my favorite John Carpenter B movie, They Live. Oh, of course, yeah. With Rowdy Rowdy. Peyton. Love it.
2: It's it's just the so best good. fist fight in cinema ever.
0: It's put on the sunglasses. Long. Put on the glasses. <laughs> you know you can only see aliens if you wear the glasses, so put on the glasses. No, I, 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 will, not. I will. not. I will fight you they instead. They don't look good You're on my frame. Being friend. ridiculous. <laughs> I'm Keith David.
1: I'm Rowdy Roddy Piper. I will not put on the glasses.
0: You better find some place to hide and hope no one ever finds <laughs> find you. you.
1: So he did those two,
0: um, and they both bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, Goddamn Shane. Fucking, they bombed. I saw they live in the theater which was the first um, movie of his that I actually saw in the theater. Hmm. So that was my first cinematic, real cinematic experience with him. And I I loved it. Right up to the last frame where the the alien is fucking the chick and they shut off the satellite feed. And he's he's like, what's the matter, baby? (laughs) Uh, It's quite good. Um, after that, he went back to the studio and he became a director for hire on a Chevy Chase vehicle called "Memoirs of an Invisible Man," oh, which really? probably yeah. had a larger budget than I Star. Yeah that.
2: yeah, that probably
0: did. Yeah, sadly enough. Yeah. <clears throat> the The interesting thing about "Memoirs of an Invisible Man" it's a, it's not as bad as everybody said it was back when it came out, and it's basically a forgotten picture. It's. Intensely bland is the biggest problem. I mean, I think a lot of people went in expecting Chevy Chase to be Fletch. And there's this sort of tamped-down version of Fletch that he does where it never really launches. And then he's trying to do a more serious performance, and he doesn't have the chops for it. So it doesn't work. I mean, it's a star vehicle John Carpenter got hired to do. It looks good. The effects are good, Mm -hmm. really good. Um, even for now, the Invisible mm. Man effects are, are really good. So I, I, I take that as an example of – because if you don't like John Carpenter, you don't like his tone, and you think, well, he only does one thing. That's not true. Right. I mean, he can do these other things. He just – when he does these things that have this weird tone, it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, after that, um, he uh, went back to TV and made a movie called Body Bags, which is a horror anthology. Um, Three stories, one in which uh, one, one, r- one bag for Robert, Robert Carradine is a crazy douchebag killer. And the next one, Stacy Keech is a crazy douchebag with bad hair <laughs> that eats his brain or something. And then the third one is, I think, Mark Hamill's like a crazy douchebag who buries bodies in his yard or something. All right. Uh, it's a horror anthology. It was all right. And John Carpenter himself played the sort of Crypt Keeper role where he's just what? in between stories being funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, after that, one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Ah, uh, yes. With Sam Is,
2: is H.P. Lovecrafty? Yeah, uh, it's
0: H.P. Lovecraft. Sure. It's sort of a homage to H.P. Lovecraft and a, a parody of Stephen King. Um, yeah. Got it. uh, and uh, it, it's just about a guy in a descent of madness. And it's not clear whether it's his own or the world. And you don't know. And he never
2: said, which I appreciate. I just remember Sam Neill being chased down the hallway by all the monster heads.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's, it's fun. Uh, after that, he did it, his uh, next remake uh, after the thing, which was village of the damned with Christopher Reed. Oh,
2: that's right. It he was did Christopher. That, that was just on TV the other day.
0: Yeah. It's not a good movie. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> Christopher Reeves. And it was, Alley. It was his last and, uh, standing performance, his last yeah. performance before the accident. Um, Christopher Reeves is very good in this movie. Um, the movie doesn't work, I think, mostly because it's shot in color. And
2: yeah, it's really bright. <laughs> it's and in really color bright. And not at and, all scary. And the
0: blonde, evil children look ridiculous in color. And black and white, the fact that they were all blonde sort scary, of worked. Yeah. It made them more ghost like. But, more but of... it, with a bunch of kids with bleached wigs on their heads, it's just <laughs> not uh, very scary. That said, there's a lot of great gore in it. So, you know, if you're a gore hound, you can see some fun gore. Uh, after that came the, his, uh, I think his only, yeah, his only sequel. Uh, his own sequel that he directed, you know, to a movie which was Escape from LA, right? Uh, which is very silly. When I first saw it, I saw it in LA. I saw the Man Chinese yeah. Theater. I was <clears throat> super excited about it. I hated it.
2: With yeah, surfing to,
0: and
1: bushwhacking, I hated
0: it. I thought it. Yeah. I was like, this is. You have to see not, it again it, years it, later. It, it, to When really you see it. it again, you yeah. go, oh, he's just making fun of himself. Yeah. it's sort of a parody of yeah. how silly Escape and from actually New York is, was.
2: It actually is very silly. But
0: Escape from New York worked for me more because you know, even though it it, it had a humorous tone, it took it took its plot more right. seriously. This movie was just like, whee No, it's just so. Uh, so when I saw it, I'm like, next movie after that, uh, vampires.
3: Oh yeah, which, it was Wood- James uh, Woods, right? James, James
0: Woods, Woods and uh one of the Baldwins, um Daniel Stephen Steven or Daniel? Daniel. Daniel. Um and mm. uh it's uh it was called misogynistic at the time and uh, I think the misogyny really holds up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that said, I I I it's still, you know, an entertaining movie, uh, albeit, you know, somewhat misogynistic. Very gory, kind of fun uh Vampire movie, but you could s- start to see because this is a studio picture. You could see, and he'd become a le- sort of a legend at this point. And Escape from LA was, a, you know, a studio picture after a long, right. you know, absence. And then this was his, and that was a hit. So he immediately did Vampires, and Vampires was a hit. So then he did another studio picture called Ghosts of Mars.
2: Oh no, no, no! Boo! Yeah, yeah. I, hate uh, that. I really uh, hate that movie.
0: Starring Ice Cube and Natasha
2: Henstridge. Yeah. of Species wow. fame.
0: But the it, despite the fact that you know he got this movie based on two box office hits, and yeah. he was this horror master at this point, um, he ran into so he had to do so much compromising with the studio. Uh, so much compromising with the studio, uh, it, starting with he had cast uh, Jason Statham in the lead role. Hmm. Oh, really? But I he didn't wasn't know a that. star at the time, right? Oh, so that could have the made studio, all the, difference. Actually, the studio actually the studio pushed Ice Cube on him, right, to get star power in there. So he pushed Statham to a supporting role, put Ice Cube right. in oh, the lead okay. role. Natasha Henstridge played the lead female, but she came in at the last minute because Courtney Love dropped out. Oh, oh my god. So
1: Courtney Love was his first choice. all that I'm, Larry Flint Juice maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, I'm not I sure. Know. I'm not, I don't think the casting would have made any difference. No,
0: person. knowing John Carpenter, he was probably fascinated by Courtney Love yeah. and thought it would be interesting to make a, a movie with her on some level. Um but so that movie uh the critics hated it. It bombed. It's I think everybody it, hated it, that it, movie. It, it's one of the only John Carpenter movies where it deserved everything it got yeah negatively. It was a it's a complete misfire it's a bad movie it's told all in flashbacks it's a it's an exercise and tell not show i mean it's constantly people talking about w- what happened on this planet and yeah. they there's no real reason and occasionally, why it needs you know, to be on mars cut to gore as they're talking <laughs> to show you the gore that happened but it's still telling not showing So it didn't work. And then Ice Cube, after the movie came out, said it was the worst movie ever made. And John Carpenter really failed in (laughs) uh, making crappy special effects that looked like they were from the 70s. So he really threw Carpenter yeah. under the bus. Now I will uh, go
2: forward and make the triple uh, X sequel.
0: Yes, and mm-hmm. are are we there yet? Because he's got and, and great, every variation. He's a there he's a true love. actor and a true artist, um, and but at the same time, Carpenter came out after that statement came out or thereabouts and said, uh, I, "I I admit this movie is a piece of shit. I'm a burnout. I quit," and he quit. He left Hollywood. And he was not heard from again until 05 when he was coaxed into doing uh, a master oh, of Masters horror, horror episode stuff, yeah. called Cigarette Burns, which was easily the best of the season. Um, it's very creepy. It's about a, a guy played by the guy from Walking Dead who was in um, – uh, the Boondock Saints. That dude.
2: Oh, oh. Uh, 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 wait, is it Flannery or is Flannery? It yeah,
0: Patrick. So he's uh, looking for a movie uh, that's been lost that apparently everyone who right. sees it goes yeah. crazy. Okay, I remember this now. Um, and it's a very it's a very good hour of TV. Uh, and then the next year he did the sillier but equally entertaining pro-life, which is about Ron Perlman, uh, who's a pro-lifer, trying to get his daughter out of a uh, abortion clinic, and then she has a demon
1: baby. I've never even heard of that movie.
0: It's not a movie. It's, it's a TV, it's TV it's show. Another, it's a uh, second season of Masters, master's uh, And then he didn't do anything again till the movie that came out this year, which was straight to video, John Carpenter's The Ward. Which ward, Ton right. Sling Dog will talk ward? about later. The ward. The ward. Huh. Um so that's uh that's John Carpenter.
1: Huh.
2: A- anything to add? I love John Carpenter.
3: Except I for Ghosts
2: of Mars, really.
3: Yeah.
1: Huh. What about you? I I don't have strong feelings. I like some of his movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, uh moving on uh, to our next segment, we oh, that's it? You uh, don't we don't need, have a wrap up uh, no well i've got more to come he was counting but they're in other segments i was hoping that you would wrap it up but oh, i don't have a wrap. i don't i'm not i'm
1: not i didn't mean to fail (laughs) you uh, this
2: this, this wrap-up was our ghosts of mars
1: yeah it was terrible no there's more there's more
0: to come (laughs) but it's it's peppered it's peppered peppered in the rest of the podcast so uh we're going to the courtroom it's time to put someone on trial Will we or won't we, as a jury of two, send someone to movie jail? Our prosecutor will put a person who works in the movies on trial and we will decide whether or not they're guilty of crimes against cinema and whether or not they have to go to the Robert De Niro maximum Penitentiary. Maximum
2: security federal penitentiary. With
0: with the ma- minimum there's security security crimes against And then there's a dog yard park. By dogs. There's a dog park. And uh, Critic. <laughs> dog <laughs> Critic dog, dog park. park.
2: Uh let's go. Skelton, what do you got? Uh Your Honor, if it please the court this English film director was born in 1937 and has been a household name since the mid-70s whose early career established him as a, direct, as a director capable of creating vibrant worlds for his characters to inhabit I'm speaking of course of Ridley Scott uh, mm.
1: he's that old? yeah he's he's like yeah he's Jesus. old he was, how old is he? he's in his 70,
2: 73 73? yeah, yeah um, now doesn't look it no 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 he looks great but I have some problems with his movies uh <laughs> Uh, now uh, you say
1: that about a lot of people in Hollywood <laughs> look at bad movies now, looks
2: great Alien <laughs> Alien is a classic example of his melding a believable future world the working class spacecraft of the Nostromo
3: yeah.
2: uh, and the terrifying biomechanized world of the, mm-hmm. the alien xenomorphs um, his interpretation of a future that was dirty and blue collar instead of pristine and shiny—that the audience feels so the spacecraft was a real functioning thing and a function, real right. functioning world instead of a collection of movie sets. Yeah. That, was, that was a you know that that, that was mechanic, part of his vision. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody was was working class. They yeah. were and they were constantly fixing the stuff around them. It was dirty right. and very visceral. Um
1: it's like, and, a, like my at my dorm.
2: Yeah. Mm, yeah, my dirt, <laughs> or your 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 uh, lockers, it was dirty yeah. and yeah. visceral, ghost yeah. lockers, your ghost lockers. I hate those things. And then he took his his Terrifying. his his kind of uh, world world building vision even further, Blade Runner. Several mm. years later, I mean, creating the near future, near future Los Angeles, which is like what 2020, yeah, something like like you know, just a yeah. Very
3: yeah I think
2: we'll get there. The uh, <laughs> uh, near future Los Angeles that was filled with futuristic, let, yet familiar details that made the whole movie feel like a complete world. So really, from like umbrellas, but they had the light sticks, um, do- um, do- the old and the future stuff, the old modern buildings that were decrepit. Juxtaposed with like the like the futuristic like traffic signals and lights. You
1: know, it's funny. Someone br- really briefly, someone on on my crew, uh, told me they worked on that film and oh, really? they spent about three days building all this. Like they they'd done all this shit. He came in and was like, "I hate it all." Redo it. They they spent like three more days rebuilding everything. Oh, all the, he came in and was like, "I fucking hate it," and spent like twenty four hours like doing a lot of it himself. Like fixing oh, yeah. a lot of details. Well, he had a
2: he had a bad reputation yeah, on that, on, yeah. on Blade, his early. He was wasted so much yeah. money. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. He, he he had a reputation being very difficult yeah. in his early career. Um. Now since uh since those early two huge like iconic movies that right. have basically I mean Blade Runner was one mm-hmm. of the define I mean he basically that movie defined cyberpunk.
1: Weirdly, no sequels.
2: Um. I'll get to that. Uh, in the, uh in in my prosecution uh. um uh but but i mean blade runner was such an iconic well-realized world that it, i mean it was it with gibson's like neuromancer basically or the defining elements of the cyberpunk sci-fi genre
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: Those yeah are the touchstones
2: absolutely. i mean
1: that's right. you know
2: yeah. and uh so since Is mad
1: max not part of that
2: no well that's that's more that's a like a apocalyptic okay. uh that's not cyberpunk okay. Um, but, uh, since, since then, you know, with, with a few exceptions, like a Thelma, Thelma and Louise, which also, he created a really vibrant, specific world. Yeah. Um, he's kind of floundered in his attempts to get back the magic of those early films and that were very groundbreaking, um, and, uh, that were very inspirational. And so you make a quick rundown of his uh, filmography. So, um, you know, uh, 70, the, the 70s had The Duelists and Alien. Um, in the 80s, he gets a Blade Runner. And then he starts to flounder with Legend, uh, mm. which is
1: Tom Cruise Tom,
2: the Tom Cruise Tim Eagle Curry the, giant
0: the, demon movie yeah, yeah the unicorn with the, sh- yeah. the shaky yeah the shaky unicorn horn. Um, shaky horn
2: uh, shaky horn unicorn he gets his black rain and oh, we go into Michael Douglas Michael in Douglas. China it's kind of Japan. A cop, Japan cop movie yeah, really. I, I enjoy black rain but it's not good
1: violent um,
2: that's a slow picture yeah uh, and then in the 90s we, he gets Thelma and Louise he kind of gets back some magic right Um, but then uh, we Plow through the rest of the '90s with "1492 uh, Conquest of Paradise," oh. "White Squall," oh. um, "G.I. Jane," oh. um, and then he has his. He comes back with his big hit that I I don't agree with, um, but "Gladiator." Uh, oh, I hated that In two thousand, yeah, which like uh, I, I I don't, I don't like, it, but but it was a big hit. But that was another attempt at him building a world. But yeah. that, in, unlike Blade Runner, where it felt like a, or an alien, where it felt like a real world. Gladiator felt like a collection of movie sets. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like a real world. Um, and, the action was very poorly yeah. shot in that movie. And uh, then uh, Hannibal he follows it up mm, with the god. his absolutely hilarious, unintentionally yeah. hilarious. He directed Hannibal. Hannibal yes, holy. Because um,
1: Ratner did Red Dragon, yes.
2: right? Yeah, Whoa. Ratner did Red Dragon. Oh my god. Uh, then he uh, <laughs> did Young Hannibal. Then he gets his. Then he I gets his know, big. Uh, he gets a big hit back with a uh, Black Hawk Down. Which, again, is another attempt to create a very specific world, but it, I, I, it, it, it lacks focus. It's too
1: green grassy, too. Yeah, and, and, to and, and too frenetic.
2: frenetic. Critically like acclaimed, a, though. But critically
1: acclaimed. It's it not a bad movie. It's not a bad um, movie. An and okay movie.
2: he follows that up with Matchstick Men. Uh, Oh oh. God! Weird,
1: weird choice.
2: Yeah, Kingdom of Heaven in two thousand five, which has some interesting. That's That's the Crusades 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 movie. I actually like Kingdom of Heaven. It has some interesting. It has some good battle sequences and stuff. Yeah, it's got great. It was just Crusade the Crusades movie.
1: Oh, I was thinking Orlando Jones. No, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. That's (laughs) a Seven Up guy. (laughs) Then in two thousand, aliens movie. <laughs> then in two thousand
2: and six, with a Russell Crowe, a good year.
1: Uh, oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. Um
2: And Blind then, movie. and then again, American Gangster, uh, trying to create another whole world. It doesn't. It falls flat. It, I didn't doesn't, hate that movie. It wasn't good. It wasn't I didn't good, hate it wasn't that bad. movie, but
0: it was just so bland. Yeah. I mean, given our
1: oh, um, but then he then,
2: but then he he gets really bland. Post American Gangster with Body of Lies, and then Robin Hood.
1: Oh, what's body of
0: lies? Boy. Russell Crowe? Yeah, I saw yeah. a body of lies, yeah. That movie doesn't make any
2: and, sense. And and now my – my uh, it's clear to me that, that Ridley Scott as a director, he's at his best when, when when creating a complete world, which requires very solid concept work, very solid conceptual work. So without a solid conceptual foundation, his stories really don't hold together. Yeah. They don't really function. So he needs a de- designers. He needs very talented designers like a Sid Mead or an H.R. um, to glue his worlds together. And uh, It's either Giger or Geiger. I think it's Geiger. Um. I don't know. Internet, correct us. Um, So I'm worried that now at this point, with the middling performances of his movies since Black Hawk Down, his decision to return to his early successes because what's coming up, what he's working on right now, is Prometheus, which is an unofficial Alien prequel.
1: Oh. So Mm. it's
2: supposed to be unofficially about the story of the space jockeys. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and then he's rumored to be following that up with a Blade Runner prequel.
1: What was Sigourney Weaver's name in that movie?
2: In Alien? Yeah. Ripley.
1: Oh Ripley, not yeah. Ridley.
2: Okay. Um so, so um my, my just turned the letter yeah, upside down. Yeah, upside, upside down. It, my,
1: it was one of those letters that just <laughs> fell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just so ee- what's your name Ridley? <laughs> So I'm worried that now he's, he's desperately oh, trying to maintain his status as yeah. an artist filmmaker as opposed to his brother, Tony, who just makes popcorn roller coasters right. and is happy doing it. Uh, yeah, in a lot of and, ways, Ridley's just a pretentious Tony. Yeah, no, but that's, but, but, <laughs> but that's yeah, but that, so what I'd like to do is, uh, you know, I'd like to put Ridley in minimum security for his protection and for ours, okay. um, yeah. at least until Prometheus is released. If it sucks, then he can stay in prison until he, like. I guess the pen pal system, finds a new visionary concept designer to build an exciting new world with.
1: Or he meets Dennis Dugan in prison, (laughs) and they make Jack and Jill 2 in a dystopian future.
2: Well, in which case, we'll just have him shanked.
1: Um, You know, this is a weird one. I, I feel like... I feel like it's a slightly tough call. I mean, I, I well,
2: that's why I want minimum security. I don't, yeah. I'm not I'm not interested. I, I don't think he should go away. I'm not going to hard, advocate. Hard
1: I'm not going to advocate hardcore for him. Um, but I, but I do feel that there's, there's attempts there. There's even even his failures. Even like a good year, um, or or Gladiator, anything with Russell Crowe, really, or that they, they, he. And I I do appreciate the wide swath that he tries to cast. I mean, certainly Thelma Louise's intense departure for him. Um, he he tries different. Yeah, that was different... ninety one. What? That was 1991. No, no, no. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. He's been doing bad work lately. But um.
2: I mean, my main concern is because I mean, his, his he's the director now who's in control. The only the only the only. So he's only responsible.
1: Da- I, I'm I'm not fighting you on it. The only danger is though one of those sequels or prequels could actually be good that's why i say and we could be denying ourselves
2: no that's why i'm saying he goes may, to prison now until prometheus is released and then that's when he's up for parole right. may in the
0: interest of time may I offer a compromise Sure. can we instead of minimum security we give him the john singleton uh ankle cuff and he's on parole we could do that we could do yeah. that we'll Is put that him on a,
1: singleton parole singleton yeah. parole yeah, yeah he's
0: on parole till, he's on uh, singleton parole days. it's done <laughs> next up we have uh, one of uh, our listeners favorite uh, segments the Nick Cage what, did, what you were saying something did someone interrupt you I, <laughs> something happened in my ears What? Is somebody sneezing? (laughs) Oh, God. as I was saying, it's the Nick Cage Memorial Bizarre line reading where someone presents a line reading in the spirit of Nick Cage. Something that's weird, something you wouldn't expect, something that only a truly great actor could do with a piece of dialogue.
1: So this is a little film. Uh, this is actually an auteur, uh, actor and director and writer. Um. Oh. oh, wow. His, uh, his name, he may not be a household name. He certainly is around L.A. and around smart-alecky circles. Um, mm, his I name love is Tommy smart. Wiseau. Oh, oh yes. Uh, so and he, he uh, made a little film um, with with um, sketchy money. Maybe <laughs> maybe Polish mob money. It's uncertain. Uh, it's called The Room. And it's a, a oh, small yes. movie that that he sort of self-funded and, and self-promoted. He had these big billboards of his creepy face he all sells over L.A. He self everything that and uh it's uh then started getting traction as a completely inept uh, unintentionally humorous movie um and I, I still have yet to see the whole thing but i've seen a lot of a lot of clips and this is one of my favorite um this is the high mark section so basically tommy wiseau is walking out onto a, a really badly blue screened roof um and he's on the phone and in the middle of it he notices his friend mark sitting there So he's on the phone right now. Uh, this is Tommy Wiseau in the room.
2: I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi Mark. Oh, hey Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She said that I hit her. (laughs) What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. (laughs) What's new with you? Well, I'm just sitting
0: up here thinking. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting up here thinking. Oh, hi, Mark. I you could you could probably uh, you know we should do a podcast where we just run all
1: the audio from the room. It's a it's a pretty amazing the 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 twists and turns that he the emotional turns he goes through and he th- at the end of it's not true it's not he throws an empty water bottle and that's a little ping you hear and then just immediately. Hi, Mark. Like, he's totally like... (laughs) And you think he's still on the phone because the cut comes after and then you see some dude just sitting there. And then he just sits down next to him very casually. (laughs) I did not hit her. I did not. Uh, It's not true. Don't even think that.
2: Don't even
0: ask.
1: Don't even ask. Don't even ask. How are you doing? It's pretty brilliant. Anyway, if you haven't seen The Room, it's it's turned into a big sort of cult thing. And
0: it's on DVD. It is, yeah. yeah, And they play
1: it around college college towns and and, uh, and people go like Rocky Horror and repeat lines and throw things and,
0: and play like. to the Sunset 5 quite a bit
1: yeah and it's, which is closing it's turning Sunset into a, 5 uh, is going away Sundance oh I didn't know that yeah uh,
0: oh what is that oh oh it's uh, let me go get Tan yeah tell him to hurry tell him not to
1: dig in my trash yeah, anymore
0: get out the garbage hey guys it's me Tan hey what's up with your garbage
1: <laughs> don't
0: even ask there's not, a lot of, there's not a lot of stuff yeah, in your garbage. I, I you there's not a lot of good Just takeaways get, get in your it. garbage. Anyway, uh, I'm Ton. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ton. Um, uh, in honor of uh, the John Carpenter's Film Pigs podcast, I, I watched John Carpenter's The Ward, his straight-to-video movie that came out uh, this year, 2011. Uh, the Ward is a uh, hospital picture. Uh, straight-to-video hospital picture. There's a lot of those out there. Um, uh, a lot of times horror hospital pictures involve hospitals in which there's nobody working there except for two people, and there are only two patients, and that's what makes it creepy, I guess. And cheap. I've never been <laughs> cheap, and I've never been in a hospital like patients. that before, so yeah. it's hard for me to relate. This is another one of those movies. However, I will say this about it. It is probably the best of all the straight-to-video uh, creepy hospital, hospital pictures. <laughs> Why you would want to make another one is beyond me. But uh, it was nice to see John Carpenter working again. At least there's a lot of his uh, in in his Halloween um, picture. There's a lot of you know Mike Myers in the background, and someone yeah. passes by, and you see him, and you go, oh, "He's in the background," and then they walk by again, and he's gone. There's a lot of that in this movie, except he replaces people with cgi ghost hands oh no um and like jazz hands and the visuals are actually you know you go oh that's cool but it's not scary um and i i would say yes john carpenter make more movies just don't do any more creepy who's in the picture uh i don't know a bunch of people (laughs)
1: Well, Tom, that was good. Well yeah, done. thanks. So Should you, I go get Todd? Yeah, yeah but, done. but if you're going to dig in any of my trash, dig in the green. That's all wood chips and, and shavings. Oh, you
0: guys got wood chips? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> hey, that's the game theme. It's me, Ton. I'm back. Ton is out rifling through the wood chips. Uh, All right. So, back by by popular demand, back by popular demand is uh, uh, Pitch Me. Oh, Christ. Oh, God. Um, uh, And by popular demand, I mean one person on Twitter asked me to do it again. And Uh. I said I would because people don't ask me to do stuff very much. Uh, This is the John Carpenter special edition of Pitch Me. (laughs) Okay. Um, I've got, uh, pens here for you guys to keep score of how much money you make. Oh. Um, here's a paper. Shouldn't my agent take care of that? There was another (laughs) pen. Here's a, something you can use that. Um, so... The rules. Uh, this is the John yeah. Carpenter I'm just special edition. Write all the money in the world. <laughs> you guys better listen to the rules. Sorry. <laughs> Stop talking amongst yourselves. This is uh, the John Carpenter special edition, which means all of these movies are for John Carpenter to direct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I will give you three actors and a genre. Okay. And you have to give me a title and a brief synopsis. I will make an offer. If you want to accept the offer, you write the numbers down on your and those are your that's your monies. If you think it's worth more, then you can say, ah, "I'm going to shop it around." And then your opponent gets to pitch me. If I offer him more money, you lose your money. If I don't offer him more money, then your script becomes very your idea becomes very important and you get a million dollars for it. Okay? All right. Um so uh, I will start with Steve Falk. Um, you're each going to get uh, four shots at this. Okay. All right. So Steve Falk. Yes. Uh, your three actors are Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. and Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. The genre is science fiction.
1: Okay. As directed
0: by John Carpenter.
1: Uh, and I have to give you what? I'm sorry.
0: You have to give me a, a a title and a brief synopsis of the picture.
1: Okay. And it's Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Russell. Okay. Han. Han. As in Goldie, Goldie Han. Oh, Goldie Han. I thought. Sorry, I think it would be Goldberg. Okay. What? What? Uh, I I don't know. There's don't something worry deeply about it. wrong with you. It's uh so uh my movie's called uh uh John Carpenter's The Bad Son. Ooh. And uh, Goldie Han and um and Kurt Russell, um play uh parents. It's actually a picture movie, uh, a, a period picture. It's in the 80s. And, um, and Justin Bieber, uh, so they're, they're a couple and they've decided to live their life uh, childless. And one day, um, Justin Bieber shows up at their their door um, saying, I'm home from college. And uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell are like, we don't have a kid. But sure enough, they look in their house and there are photos of him. There's a family album. Bieber goes right to his room. They open the door. It used to be her craft room and now it's his room. They have no idea what's going on. And they find out by when Sam Jackson comes to the door that they've actually uh, entered years ago when their baby died, a sliding glass, a sliding door's reality where they either had, they, they didn't have a kid and they grew up childless and, and now then one where they do have a kid. But the problem is, the kid is not very good. They start being, he starts, a neighborhood dogs start going missing. Uh, uh, eventually a, um, a girl uh, goes missing and, and there's strong clues that Bieber has something to do with it. And so it's very, and they actually, they're offered a chance to go back to the realm where they have, where they had no kid or they can stay here and try to figure out what's going on and try to clear their son's name because they're starting to love him. He's a very nice kid, but then he's Is also there a very stargate?
0: Creepy. Will there be a stargate?
1: No, there's no stargate. It's <laughs> it's pure it's pure on the day they lost their child. It's pure sliding doors from then on. Hmm. Two realities.
0: I love the title. I'm going to offer you 400 grand. Uh, if you had put a stargate in, I probably would have gone up to 800, but I'll give you 400 grand. <laughs> I accept it. 400
2: grand accepted. Uh, Damn it. I really wanted to do uh, my counter pitch, which was John Carpenter's The Van (laughs) Helsens.
0: Steve Skelton, uh, your three actors are Ice Cube, Mm -hmm. Ice T, Vanilla Ice. Family drama, as directed by John Carpenter.
2: Family drama directed by John Carpenter. Yeah, it's it's a departure Um, picture. uh... Okay, so it's a departure picture. So it's going to be. Yes. Uh, uh, John Carpenter's The Brothers Three.
0: Oh, mm, that sounds
2: nice. And um, it's about uh, uh, three brothers. Three. uh, Two of which are biological, and one of which uh, is adopted. So Vanilla Ice is the adopted child. Okay, just to be clear. Um, Okay. And uh, and it's uh, the uh, stories of their trials and tribulations growing up in the inner city and uh dealing with uh uh problems on the street uh racism and vampires hmm Van- they're vampires well yeah well they're ghetto vampires
0: oh wow okay that's a we weren't expecting vampires um but I, li- I-, I like the family drama i like the family drama What's well, a departure picture? I'm gonna offer you uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars.
2: All right, I'm gonna take that.
0: All right, uh, Steve. Steve Fall. Yes. Uh, you've got uh, uh, here are your names, your your stars: Fran Drescher, Rosie Perez, Joey Lauren Adams. It's a slasher film.
1: Directed by John Carpenter. It's called uh, John Carpenter's Don't Speak. <laughs> And it's about, uh, it's about three mommies in a uh, mommy group in, um, in Philadelphia, in the, the street, in sort of a suburb of Philadelphia. And uh, these three moms, they're, they're best friends. Um, what kind of movie is it again? It's a slasher picture. Yeah, and they're, they're but. Um, I like how in the middle of your pitch, you what kind of movie it is. <laughs> but uh, but um, uh, what, what starts to happen is all their fellow mommies start to die off. And. Um, and they uh, at, at and as the three of them start to you know try to figure out and wonder what what the hell's going on, they start to realize when any of them talk and it's the three stars, um, that's when horrible things start to happen. They'll you know when one is is sort of monologuing about something, they'll hear a scream from like from outside, and one of their fellow mommies is on a smoke break, fucking disappears, and then they see her guts like raining up in the trees, and uh, and uh, as. Sort of more and more of their mommies and their mommy group disappear. they begin to realize, as I said, that when they speak, people die, and it's actually um, turns out they all went to the same nursery school and it's the principal of the nursery school who all who who did not allow the three of them to speak in class, and that 's why they all gained such weird voices and she has come back the the, the ghost of her, or maybe she's an undead version of her mm. and who still doesn't want them to talk. And when they do, she starts wrecking havoc and eventually there's only three of them left and uh, they have to fight her with their voices and mm. axes. Mm.
0: You are uh, an amazing talent and I feel threatened by you. Uh, I will option your script for $14. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna
1: shop it elsewhere.
0: All right, what do you got? All right, give me uh, the give Fran me Drescher, the... Rosie Perez, Joey Lauren Adams slasher film.
2: Wait, who, who, who the give the cast again? You mumble. Fran Drescher, Rosie right. Perez, right, and
0: Joey Lauren Adams. Okay, and it's a slasher film as directed by John Carpenter.
2: Okay, it's uh, uh, this is uh, called uh, John Carpenter's uh, Shriek Death, mm-hmm. and it is a terrifying picture. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Fran Drescher becomes possessed by an evil spirit,
0: Uh-huh.
2: and uh, it only manifests when she sleeps. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a like it's kind of like a a sleepwalking type of thing, except Sleep, sleepwalking. Except what she does when she sleepwalks is uh, she goes into other people's homes mm-hmm. and uh, shrieks at them. She until they bleed from the ears and the nose and the mouth oh, and the I like eyes. That. I like that. Uh, Until all of their blood leaves their body. Wow. And then she returns home and goes back to sleep and wakes up the next day and, you know, has no idea what's happened. And so the neighborhood is uh, uh, in a huge uproar because there's all these terrible deaths happening and no one can figure out what's going on. Um, so uh, 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 Rosie and Joey are... Uh, a team of psychics
3: mm, who are brought in psychics.
2: who are brought in by the police department to try and solve this problem and everybody thinks they're they're quacks but the twist is is they really are psychically connected to uh, you know the demon world and so they're brought into direct competition, direct conflict and uh, direct showdown with the sleeping uh, yet shrieking Rosie Perez.
1: Wow! I thought Fran Drescher was the one, or
2: Fran Drescher, whichever one shrieks the most. I mean, I'm I'm going to offer you two hundred thousand dollars. I'll take that for that.
0: Um. All right, Skelton, it's you. Uh, I've got your three names are okay. uh, Robert Englund, Kane Hodder, and Gunnar Hansen. Oh, and Jesus. it's uh, I can't remember who Kane Hodder is. Kane Hodder played uh, Jason. Okay. In a lot of the later uh, Jasons. who's the last one? Gunnar Hansen. He played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, so it's basically Freddy Krueger, Jason, mm. right, right, and right. a Leatherface. And it's an urban comedy as directed by uh, John.
2: An Carver. urban comedy. An urban comedy. That's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's. You see how I twisted the
2: thing on you. Shit! I can't. But I can't remember um, the ethnicity of.
0: They're all white guys. There, yeah. that's
2: what I, that's what I figured. Um, I wanted to make sure. Um. So this is John Carpenter's White Guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this it's the, <laughs> it's called John Carpenter's White Guys. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And and uh, and it's uh, it's three childhood chums
3: mm-hmm.
2: who uh, you know grew up in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and moved away when they were very young. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, the neighborhood has gone downhill, mm-hmm. and they uh, come back as adults and uh, they open a barbershop together. And, you know, and it's the uh, slice of life, Mm -hmm. comedy, drama of uh, three white guys, you know, opening a barbershop in, uh, you know, the inner city. I don't
0: know. The whole thing sounds racist to me. I'm going to... You said urban comedy. I'll offer you... uh, I'll option it for a dollar. All right. I'll shop it around so he can... All right. Let's go.
1: What do you got, Falk? Blow me away. Uh, this is called uh, J- John Carpenter's Has Beans. <laughs> but it's Has Beans. Has Beans?
2: B-E-A-N-S?
1: Has Beans, yes. Beans or B-E? Beans. No, Has Beans. Has Beans. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's about uh, uh, three guys um, who uh, <laughs> work in a uh, brewery... <laughs> In a burrito shop, obviously. (laughs) Uh, in in the inner city,
0: I love that you think your urban comedy is so funny. That
1: <laughs> fills me with <laughs> no, well, just thinking about the set pieces, yeah, and the trailer I, moments I, it makes just, me laugh. That um, you're
0: already tickled. Is exciting and basically to and
1: and Kurt Russell uh, plays the uh, the the manager of the of the... Oh,
0: you're gonna get Kurt Russell? Oh yeah yeah. Oh, well, it's great. John
1: Carpenter's. So
0: yeah uh, yeah. Well, he gets Kurt Russell
1: right and uh, and so it's it's basically three white white, white guys uh, working in Kurt Russell's um, <laughs> in, in Kurt Russell's restaurant and uh, the neighborhood that's heavily Latino. Uh, th- there's a, actually a big article. It sounds like he's just
2: taking my pitch and has replaced the barbershop. <laughs> I wasn't just, in your sh- pitch. I have no idea it's your not turn. your turn. <laughs> You're shopping around.
1: <laughs> yeah, and anyway, so there's a big article in um, in the Latino Daily that's basically saying we should not have white guys, um, you know, running a, a Mexican restaurant in our in our town, and uh, and that's when. Um, they basically uh, team up then with. Um, with uh, uh, They basically fire. Kurt Russell fires those guys uh-huh. and rehires. Um, uh, he hires um, Carlos Mencia, uh-huh. um, I uh, love Carlos Lo- Mencia. Lopez, uh, George Lopez, George Lopez, and um, Cheech Marin. Oh, Cheech yeah, Marin. A uh, Marine right to to then take their places, but they're really shitty workers. they're like just not good workers. They just kind of want to hang out. Wait,
0: are you saying something about Mexican- no, I'm just saying
1: these guys aren't very good, and so then the three white guys basically protest to get their jobs back, and so it it turns into a big sort of uh um contest of of um, who can, like, serve faster, who can, uh, who can be nicer to the patrons, who can do this. It sort of turns into, like, a restaurant war between these three white guys, yeah. you know, and they, and they actually sue the end, uh, the whatever, the uh, ACLU <laughs> to come in to get their jobs back. And there's this whole thing, this white guy. But, but, at, at, but then the twist is they realize that Kurt Russell has mm-hmm. been fucking stealing all their money, paying the minimum wage. Being mean to all the workers, getting fucking uh, all their stuff from like really low rent meat factories and whatever. So the, the, Six of them, the three Latino and three white workers, team up to fucking drive Kurt Russell out, and with the neighborhood's help, take back over the restaurant. And they all work there, and they all take it over six ways. Oh, it's Happy a rainbow family. coalition. Rainbow coalition. Oh,
0: you've, you've you've broken down racial barriers. Thank you, thank you. That's a eight hundred fifty thousand dollar movie. You, you has, beans. has you. beans is eight hundred fifty thousand. That's that's great. Uh, so Steve Falk, you're up again. Um, you. Your three uh, actors Ready. are Peter Stormare, Stellan Skarsgård, and Peter Scar-gar. And it's a chick flick. As directed by John Carpenter. It's a chick flick. It's a chick flick. As direct- it's a departure film.
1: Okay. I mean, why is this so hard? No, no, no. I'm just... Yeah, no. I was just asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, this is called... Um, John Carpenter's uh, *The Northernlands* and a what? The Northernlands. The Northernlands. Yeah, John okay. Carpenter's *The Northernlands*. Okay, John with the umlaut.
0: With an umlaut
1: over the O. Okay, nice. And uh, Anna Faris stars. Oh, Anna As Harris. a um, as a, a college student, She's and her, her her boyfriend, played by Chris Klein, um, is caught. He <laughs> catches him cheating, and so um, she goes uh, and accepts the sort of um, the the semester abroad. And she wants to go to France, and instead she ends up going to um, uh, Finland,
3: uh-huh.
1: where she doesn't want to go. Uh-huh. And she's placed in a, a family, uh-huh. and it's a family, uh, it's two gay men, two played gay. by Peter Samar and uh, Stellan Sarsgaard, uh-huh. and, uh, and her, her host brother mm-hmm. is played by um, Peter Sarsgaard. Mm-hmm. and uh, and she, you know, it's a lot of sort of hijinks about she's trying to learn the language, and she doesn't know how to eat herring, and, and one class she has to take is uh, ice fishing. And meanwhile, she's developing this, th- so there's a lot of funny stuff with the two gay dads Two gay, you know, Finnish dads. Everybody um, loves
0: gay Finnish people.
1: Yeah, and it's the dead of winter. Like, this is not what she was expecting. She wanted to have, like, a fun time in France. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peter Sarsgaard is a very sort of um, reserved. He's uh, in his 30s, but he's returned home because he had a failed marriage um, in the United States, actually. And he's So he's there, and um, as she's going through all this fish-out-of-water stuff, no pun intended, um, Peter Sarsgaard and her start basically melting each other's damaged hearts, um, she he teaches her how to ice fish. She teaches him how to break dance, and uh, they have this uh, sort of budding romance. But mean, meanwhile, Stomare and Sarsgaard don't want this to happen. They really per, per, uh, they don't think Americans have any class, and they really don't want um, their son to get caught up with this woman. So they contact Chris Klein who comes, they fly him out one day. So just as as Sarsgaard and her and Anna Faris are starting to, uh, they're about to like consummate their their love in Igloo and ice fishing. Chris Klein shows up, like, and he's fucking, he's just wearing his varsity jacket, and he's, like, shivering in the cold, and it's, it's horrible. And uh, and she basically has to choose between Chris Klein, who the parents want uh, her to be with, and uh, Peter Sarsgaard, who's very sort of this reserved, you know, Finnish guy. And she ends up uh, marrying him and staying there in Finland.
0: Hmm. I love the story. I love it. And this is not... I mean, this is not me. This is, I'm going to be a businessman. I have to be a businessman. I, I, here. Hey, and I love the story, but it, it sounds too European. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm going to offer you $20,000 because I'd like to take the story and retool it for American audiences. Uh, will you take the 20000 or do you want to chop it around?
1: No, I, I, I respectfully think. Disagree, and I think you'll you, see um, that. Uh, All right, I, I, okay, value.
2: I've got to see some other people. Okay. Uh, what do you got? Give me the uh, what, what you're looking for here again. It's Peter Stormer. Uh huh. Stellan Peter Sky. Stellan. Stella and it's, and it's a, a chick, chick flick. Chick yeah, flick. It's yeah, oh. directed by John Carpenter. Um, uh, well, you know, I've got a funny, you know, little uh, quirky, fun little picture uh, that I call John Carpenter's Work Visa mm and it's uh about uh the uh the three the three lads um you know the peter the stalin and the peter um mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh you know they they're, they're foreigners and they're, nah, they're, they're 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 in the Hawaii. great they're in the great city of New York, uh, mm-hmm. working in the fashion district. Oh, I like that. A uh uh at a fashion house that is that's owned, owned and run by Cameron Diaz. What? And uh <laughs> they're uh they have really great skills as uh, seamstresses. Really? And so, you know, they're, they're making her dresses and they're making her fashions. But it turns out that uh, her business isn't doing as well as, you know, she would led people to believe. Mm-hmm. So she can only afford to keep one work visa of the three. Oh, my gosh. So um, she's forced to, in this position, to uh, tell the guys that, you know, at the end of, uh, at the, end of the month, uh, I'm, uh, two of you are going to have to go back to Europe. And only one of you can stay and keep working on fashions with me. So this leads to all kinds of, like, wackiness with the three guys competing for her attention, trying to prove that they're the best seamstresses uh, for, her, uh, for, her, for her fashion, uh, for her fashions. And, um, I apologize the way, for the noise. I don't, no, it's very I don't know it's what's rude. going on uh, in my office. Along, along the way, um, they all fall in love with her. Oh... And all three, all three of them, and then they start competing for Peter, her Peter Stellan and for Peter. Her heart. Peter Stellan and Peter. They compete for her heart as well as for their jobs. Uh-huh. And uh, as it uh, uh, turns out, uh, the twist is the, the twist, twist is she falls in love. She falls in love with Stellan. What Stellan? So Peter and Peter have to go back to Europe, but they go back to Europe with her best friends uh, Jennifer Aniston and Kathy Bates.
0: Nice, nice. I will give you five hundred thousand dollars. Fantastic that idea. That's marvelous. All right, Steve Skelton, uh, you're or you're next. What you've got here? Are your three names. You right. re- ready? Yeah. Patton Oswalt, Paul F. Tompkins, Doug Benson. It's a sex thriller, as directed by John Carpenter. It's a sex thriller. Sex thriller.
1: Um. um... Sorry, i just uh, i just wanted to let you, in case you didn't read variety i uh, i sold the northernlands for two million dollars <laughs> to sony just...
0: Do- doesn't matter i got i got a better uh i got a better movie uh.
2: <laughs> um this is
0: uh uh whatever Joe <laughs> esther House. <has. laughs>
2: this is uh john carpenter's chat room mm and, uh, it, uh, I like
3: it, it brings yeah, in the no,
2: it's, and modern it's a, times It's, it's, it's a, it's chat a rooms. terrifying uh, sex thriller That's told from uh, three different perspectives oh. um, From uh, Pat and Paul and Doug Each uh, kind of, you know, uh, dorky, uh, shut-in types That spend a lot of their time online hmm. And uh, what they like to do is spend time in uh, sex chat rooms And uh, looking at girls on uh, sex chat uh, videos, uh, video streams. And uh, they often find themselves in the same chat room together, in the streams of guys telling the girl what to do. Oh, my gosh. And they start witnessing murders. What? And they team up on the internet in the chat room to solve the crimes. Get out! Yeah. Yeah. So they're like makeshift detective they're agency. They're makeshift detectives solving sex crimes online.
0: I will give you $250,000 for that concept. I like that. I'm
1: taking that. I like you that. You really should have not offered him because mine was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got?
0: Just don't, don't, don't let him
1: know what you're saying. What is it? Side deal. I mean, do you still have more money? Side deal. And you Side deal.
0: This? I got tons of money.
1: Um. Basically, Patton Oswalt and Doug Benson, and Paul Tompkins are playing themselves. They're the three comedians who go on a USO tour oh. in, uh, in all over Eastern Europe. And when they're in Hungary, they actually uh, they're they're out one night getting drunk, and they get hammered with all these girls, and they end up getting caught up in a human sex trafficking ring, and they're forced to be uh, internet sex girls um, on in those little red booths. Uh-huh. And uh, the girls start getting murdered. Because they, they, they realize that, that three of them are not women, but they can't tell who they are because they're, they're Polish and they're not very smart. <laughs> it, it's just, it's...
0: Put yourself down for 500 grand. I'm going to make these two movies simultaneously. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm going to make two movies at one time. Uh, Steve, Steve Falk. Uh, let me see. What do I got for Steve Falk? Uh, it's your turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here are your three uh, actors. This is our last one.
1: This is your last one. Okay, you got to make it count.
0: Greg the Bunny,
1: okay.
0: Alf, and Pepe the King Prawn from the Muppets. It's a hard-R action picture as directed by John Carpenter.
1: Uh, this is called uh, John Carpenter's No Hands. No Hands? No Hands.
0: John Carpenter's No Hands. Oh, I like no that. No Hands. It's uh, ironic
1: because they're the puppets... Yeah, so it. it <laughs> thank you for <laughs> for supplying that, that part. Sorry, of Sorry,
0: I'm try- I'm into my part
1: here. No, no, no. So basically, uh, it takes place um, in a uh, in a movie studio. It's a little meta. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a, a very it's, a, it's sort of like a um, the contract days of of the movies, mm-hmm. right? So this is a big studio, big studio. It's actually a period piece. It's in the mm-hmm. 70s. And it's, um, it's sort of when, when Sesame Street and all that was at the height of its fame and all the Sydney Croft and, and whatever. So this is about this like low rent fucking studio.
0: You mean like when like, Maria was really hot
1: on Sesame Street? Yes, exactly. And oh, when, when, when uh, Mr. Hooper was still alive. And Gordon had hair. And anyway, so so puppets were like taking over. Everyone loved puppets and Jim Henson and everything. So there's this fucking movie studio. That was uh, that that they opened and it just had all these puppet actors working there, right? Just for but they were contract players, so they have to do fucking bullshit. And so you open like this great sort of montage, and you have Greg the Bunny, and he's doing like the spaghetti western. And it's just some shitty spaghetti western. And then you have Alf as like a background player in like a sort of Dirty hairy type movie, and the Prawn is actually starring in a uh, roller disco movie. And they're just churning out these fucking bullshit movies, and you see them, and they have like. They're in this bad smoke room and there's like the, the um, craft services. You get a lot of sort of comedy of the, the craft services stuff. It's like really shitty. And, uh, you know, Alf's always looking for cats on there, but they never have it because all they have is like prepackaged bullshit. And anyway, so <laughs> so they're, uh, they're doing their pictures. And they, you know, they have this, they, but the three of them have this great plan like, on smoke breaks on their various movies. They always hang out back in the alley sort of.
0: Um, I would imagine that puppet smoking could be very dangerous. It was the seventies, though.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it was no, crazy. No, there was no danger. It was a crazy both, time. It was great. Edge. But they, the three of them, have this. They have a, a dream. They want to break off, start their own puppet, their own you know puppet uh, movie studio, and treat them everyone fairly and, and treat everybody. So as they're discussing this one day, the um this this uh this guy is walking by, and you just see him in the background, and he's listening, listening, and cut to the president of the studio's office, and uh, it's played by uh, uh, Charles Durning. And, uh, and he walks in and he's like, Boss, we got a problem. And so basically he tells him, that, you know, how there's. The, and, and, and meanwhile, you see Greg Bunny and, and Alf and Prom are actually starting to, to uh, spin this idea to all the other puppets and to get everyone it's sort of like this union revolt, right? Well, that's not going to happen because these movies are fucking selling like hotcakes or selling like hotcakes. Mm. So Charles Journey, he's not going to let this shit go down. He's not mm. going to let it go down like that. Yeah. So he decides instead, well, uh, I'm just going to burn it for the insurance money. So, so they're wow. late at I night, mean, they're all working, wow. there's like 18 hours into their fucking movies, you know, that's, that's illegal, but they're all like dead tired, they're like pushing them, pushing them, finally they're like, that's fine, but go home for the day, right? And they start to realize none of the human directors or any, or, or any of the human crew people are still around, and uh, they're like, oh, that's weird, they, you know, they get their bags, they're like, alright, we'll see you tomorrow, we'll talk more about our, their idea, they uh, go to the doors and they're fucking locked they can't get out and they're like well that's weird you know and they, they, they call and you know, they call the guard front desk and no one's there and you actually see that the gate of the, the fucking studio and no one's there but then you see three figures walking into the studio Holy and they're carrying shit. some and it's kind of metal and it's liquid and it's rattling and suddenly next thing they know fucking studio's on fire what? yeah she so was on fire. So basically, the, the the second act involves this entire movie studio on fire, and the three of them and assorted sorted others trying to basically battle this giant fire and get out and find out who did it. Meanwhile, there's fucking carnage. Puppets are going up in flames. Lights are falling from the sky. Uh, the, the prawn gets uh, gets three of his fucking whiskers. And the that's prawn
0: gets three whiskers
1: <laughs> removed. Like this like just fucking. This <laughs> thing, they get out. This is so- Terrifying. Greg the Bunny, who's just been the nicest fucking calmest guy, he always plays like the um the, the funny friend, you know he just fucking loses his mind. I, he finds gun, he breaks into the fucking ammo thing, and he just, he gets on, there's this great scene where he's on top of the roof, it's fucking up in flames, he's doused himself in, uh, in non-flammable th- that liquid that they use so they could actually, you know, uh, uh, that they put on the coat so they don't get you know, under the flammable things so they don't get killed. And he has a gun, and he's just fucking mowing down bad guys, just mowing down bad guys, bad guys, bad guys, because the studio realizes they're fighting back, and that's not gonna happen. So They just send in waves and waves of more humans and it's just it's, it's a big they end up saving the studio they fucking kill Charles Derning. the prawn fucking stabs him in the head so in the first act he's in this like like, uh uh Western thing, right? And he has to, like, he has his pitchfork, and he's always, like, bailing hay, and he's a funny Mexican, oh, I am DePron, and I am, <laughs> right? So he <he'll> fucking <laughs> takes Charles Derning, fucking stabs him in the face He stabs Durning in the yeah, face? and throws him off the fucking roof of what? the thing where they have their big showdown into the fire where he's engulfed in flames, and uh, they end up, in, in the epilogue, they have their own studio, this puppet is, studio, this is and very, the humans this are working is, for them, and it's all This great.
0: is very exciting. It's clearly too much for one movie. I see a trilogy here, uh, and I, I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to call. I'm, you know, I'm going to call John. Uh, w- once you're, once we're done here, I'm yeah. going to call John. I'm going to talk to him. Um, but given that I, I see a trilogy here, yeah. I mean, I see a no major hands, franchise. One, two, we're going to shoot all three movies at once. I think that's a good uh, idea. And I'm going to give you uh, seven hundred million dollars. Seven hundred million dollars.
2: Wow, there's no way I the, can win for the trilogy. <laughs> uh, wait, hold that's, on. That's, that's so much money.
0: I uh, seven hundred million dollars. We not are you gonna pass? Yeah, I'm gonna chop it. You, shop you,
2: you you're gonna chop? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve Skelton, what do you got? I got uh, and this is what uh, uh Alf, Greg the Bunny, and uh, Pepe, correct? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I've got uh, John Carpenter's Lethal Puppets.
3: Oh, I like the title.
2: And uh, this is a movie that starts out with uh, uh Greg and Alf and Pepe, and uh, they're they're in a touring puppet show. And, you know, they're just, they're, you know, making a living and uh, entertaining the kids in the families. And they start to notice something's a little strange and off on this tour. Mm. They uh, notice more and more puppets are disappearing, Mm. not to be seen from again,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because they're locked in a trunk in storage. Oh, my God. And so they kind of get together, and, you know, uh, uh, Alf is kind of the, uh, you know, the Murtaugh of the group uh pepe of course is the is the mel gibson uh the unhinged guy and uh greg the bunny is kind of the joe pesci he's the you know joe pesci of the group he's the comic relief mm-hmm. uh, and uh they break into uh, they break into one of the trunks and they find just piles of puppet bodies stuffed with heroin oh my gosh the puppet bodies Heroine are puppets. being used as mules And there's a whole there's a whole underground drug ring happening with this puppet show. Um, Now they're discovered, Mm -hmm. and they have to go on the run, and they have to go on the run from Scooter, from the Muppets, who's the brainchild behind uh, the uh, dead puppet heroin ring. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're on the run. They uh, have to go on trains, and they have to evade armed puppets. Mm-hmm. With machine guns and rocket launchers and attack helicopters. And it's a cross-country chase. It's huge. Mm. It sounds... Ex- Things explode. They they they, de- they destroy entire railways. They destroy airports. Oh, my God. Uh, the puppets are relentless in their <laughs> desire to prevent these three puppets from telling the authorities about their heroin smuggling ring. Mm-hmm. The climax of the movie mm-hmm. takes place in the original Muppet Theater. Oh my God! You're bringing it back home. Bringing it back home, and it's the showdown uh, with the three hero puppets versus Scooter and uh, the rest of his you're bringing Muppet Scooter. henchmen. You're bringing well, Scooter, Scooter, you know, Is, he had, are you well, Fuzzy? his henchmen haven't been able to get the get the job done, Holy so he's got to take care of it shit. himself.
0: You're doing it, and that's yeah, the final showdown.
2: Um,
0: I'm gonna offer you. One trillion dollars. Oh my god! Mostly because I want to destroy Steve Falk's career. That guy came in <laughs> here and he was a total prick. I offered him so much money and he walked out. One of trillion dollars. And while you're here, I got another. I got another idea for you. I want you to pitch me this. This just one.
2: This real fast. Hang on, I'm having trouble with all the zeros.
0: Just
1: fucking write it down. I forgot to mention in my in my, in my hard. <laughs> How hard did version. You get, who let you in here? <laughs> Oh, Skelton did. Oh. Uh, I helped him with his pitch. Well, now that I
2: have have a trillion dollars, I'm financing his $700 million trilogy. Uh, What? You're a fucking...
1: Instead of eating... I'm going to have you
3: both killed.
1: In my hard R, uh, pitcher, um, uh, no hands. John Carpenter's no hands. Instead of eating cats, I'll fucks cats. I'm just uh, putting that out there.
2: Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. I think he should fuck them and then eat them.
1: Oh, Maybe. All right, I'll see you, you in hell. You can, you, can, you,
2: can, you, can, you can write yourself down
0: for
1: $2 billion. Billion? $2 billion. He got a trillion.
0: It's not over yet, is it? All right. So, Skelton. Yeah, okay. Because I love that last pitch so much. Huh. It's so good. Here, here, here are your three stars. Eddie Murphy. Eddie? Eddie Murphy.
2: Oh, and God.
0: Eddie Murphy. This is the last one, right? Last one. Okay. In a supernatural horror picture as directed by John Carpenter.
2: Okay. Supernatural horror picture by John Carpenter starring uh-huh. three Eddie Murphys. Three Eddie Murphys. Three Eddie Murphys. Okay. Um, this is uh, John Carpenter's Triple Terror. John Carpenter's Triple Terror. Mm-hmm. And it stars three different versions of Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. There's an Eddie Murphy vampire. Mm-hmm. There's an Eddie Murphy zombie, Mm. and there's an Eddie Murphy wolfman. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they uh, all descend on a small Midwestern town on All Hallows' Eve, and uh, from three different directions start chewing their way through the town. On one end, uh, the wolfman, Eddie Murphy, attacks the high school where uh, the Halloween dance is taking place. Mm-hmm. On uh, the other end of town, the uh, vampire, Eddie Murphy, uh, swoops into uh, the, uh, young, the young adult uh, apartment complex where all the uh, uh, well-off, uh, disposable-income uh, kids live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the uh, zombie Eddie Murphy... <laughs> Finds his way into uh, the old folks' home. Uh-huh. And uh, the uh, calls start coming in uh, to the sheriff's office, uh, who's played by Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sheriff, at first, you know, thinks um, these calls are just crazy Halloween pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, he starts hearing this description that's the same person in three different places, but committing three different t- kinds of horrible murders. Hmm. So what he has to do is uh team up with uh the uh town librarian played by Rachel Vice, uh to Ooh, she's sexy. Yeah, to uh research the specific different ways that they have to kill each of the different Eddie Murphy monsters because you know they're all they all have uh, different weaknesses.
0: I, I like it a lot. Um If you're willing to add a a character in it that is, is some kind of ghost cop... Mm, like a cop that's a ghost
2: interesting so uh, uh,
0: I'm willing to look at a completed screenplay like a, uh, uh, if you're willing to work for spec like are, a, you, are you willing to do this like, a, spec? like a James
2: Remar uh-huh. are you person? willing to do this for free yeah no I don't think so I think I'm gonna shop this uh, I think I'm gonna shop this alright I think I'll, you should see, see if there's anybody uh, else that maybe yeah, wants no, to do a, a
0: pitch it's a great idea
2: Who, uh, hey Steve Falk <laughs> what yeah. you I got this I got
0: this uh, movie I got uh, three actors no my agent told.
1: I heard about it oh you heard about it
0: okay yeah
1: uh, okay, so my idea is, um, just hear me out. It's called because uh, I have a lot of money from this old other deal I did with you. So I don't really. So I'm actually going out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna. It's gonna take a strong producer to want to make this movie, but it's it could be your Oscar movie, even though it's a supernatural it's horror a, movie. It's I called, need an Oscar. It's called John Oscar. Carpenter's John Carpenter John Carpenter John Carpenter. John Carpenter.
0: John Carpenter's John Carpenter, John Carpenter, John Carpenter.
1: And stars Eddie Murphy as John Carpenter. Uh Uh-huh. The John Carpenter. Uh Uh-huh. But he looks like Eddie Murphy. And he's a director and he's just directed a new film. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a um, look inward. And the movie's called John Carpenter, John Carpenter, John Carpenter. And it's really about the duality, nay, the triality of humans. Of <laughs> man. To try out a, of man, of, of man. himself. And he's hey, Yeah, uh, we all struggle with it. Eddie Murphy's playing John Carpenter, um director in his seventies, and he's just made his last film.
0: He's in his sixties, but whatever. In
1: sixties, and uh he's made his last <laughs> film. <laughs> and he's alone in the editing room at night. Dark editing room. And he's uh watching a piece of footage and um he's rewinding it and On the audio, you know, normal it's just the line, the actor, whatever actor saying the line. But when you rewind it, it, it's a very creepy voice, sort of like that backwards, like when you play a record backwards, Mm -hmm. and it says, "You are going to die tonight," John Carpenter. Oh, you are going to die tonight, John Carpenter. And he's like, "The fuck!" And he listens back, and at this point, um, and he's you know freaked out. And at this point, the movie goes into split screen. A triple split screen.
0: Holy shit. Trip screen. Three. St- okay. And we're going to
1: follow time code wise. Oh. Time
0: code like oh. I, I don't
1: three know. different John Carpenters, <laughs> three different reactions. What's
0: in the fourth square, though? Because time code had four. We're
1: going to do three, though. We're just doing three. We're doing three That's a split down twist. the middle. huge. But that then there's just kid. like
0: a dark spot in the screen. No, we're doing
1: three down the middle. Instead of quadrants. You said time code.
0: You said time code. I'm lost.
1: Okay. Um, I, I'm i willing to... I like working with producers. In the, <laughs> and in the bottom one, uh-huh. it's just going to be the front of the editing studio. Oh, the front door oh, there you go. In the security footage. There you go. So people are going to be watching it to see what the hell happens. Yeah, that's nice. But basically, the three John Carpenters, all played by Eddie Murphy, at that point when he hears you were going to die, John Carpenter, splits into three one stays there he's not leaving
3: mm-hmm.
1: one grabs a fucking baseball bat and he's going to get his fucking ass out of that editing room
3: mm-hmm.
1: and one is going to wait and see what comes to him and invite them in to deal with him there like one's that. fleeing one's fighting and one's
0: three, it's, hiding. It's like one guy, but it's three guys make... like It's one guy making three different choices at once.
1: Exactly. It's like fight or
0: flight. And a and security one more door, and we're watching them all at
3: once. Yes.
1: Right. So, so your mind's going to be fucking blown. You're going to be split. He gets up. John Carpenter gets up. He starts to try to fight his way out of there. Was that, was that a flash in the background? The same same time you'll see that same flash in the background with the one who's just staying there going come on motherfucker come on and he's fucking crying at this point and at the same time you'll see the same flash the same one in the corner just rocking back and forth rocking back and forth hiding i don't want to die i don't want to die and he starts going through all his old pictures he's fucking unspooling his own pictures you actually get to see john carpenter's movies and he's watching them and he's watching them he's like i don't want to die and that's sort of what what takes place in that in it's like he's one.
2: watching his life and, flash and, before his eyes. And that I'm whole mo-
1: that whole corner, that whole quadrant, slows in on this, zooms in on a super slow mo, mm-hmm. a seventy-minute timed slow mo. Se- seventy we- minutes? Yeah. Oh, the slow mo itself is seventy. It is minutes. seventy minutes long until the last frame? All we're watching <laughs> is all we're watching is the screen, and we're watching uh, the very beginning of this movie, and then blood on the Whoa. screen. Whoa! That's the last thing. Whoa! in the one where he stays there and fights within the one where he flees he actually then has to battle what is a demon it's actually an inner demon but it's outward it it's manifests a manifestation yeah, of, of outward of inner demons. uh yeah and it's in and you never <laughs> ac- you never actually see it because it's all very uh, close uh, and he's fighting and he's he actually ends up in there's one one scene where he ends up in this crawl space above another editing suite and he watches an a whole crew of editors get of a reality show it's actually like it's our little comment on a whole just a massive slaughter of these 8 fucking just cubicle dwellers just fucking working on their avids, just getting fucking murdered because these ghosts are out for John Carpenter. They don't know where he is and they're going to fucking get him. And he's just battling, he's battling. The very end, that John Carpenter, notice I haven't mentioned the middle one. No, you haven't. That. that John Carpenter, <laughs> after a, a terrifying final fight with things are flying at him and there's blood and he actually loses an arm and at that point, he's just fucking, just, he gets out, he emerges. He's, he fucking drops, he has no weapons left. And he just fucking screams. He runs towards... And he emerges out onto the street. And there's just his driver waiting for him. Oh, wow. He's like, Mr. Carpenter, ready to go home. Yeah. Right? And meanwhile, at the same time, the other guy is getting bloodied. The third John Carpenter, the one who stayed there, didn't try to flee, Mm -hmm. stayed there to fight. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) 70-minute, non-stop action movie. Oh, Oh, Nice. And what it is, is every villain from every John Carpenter movie it's coming in one by in, one in waves in that room to nice. fucking get him. Nice. And, and we don't know how. It's weird. But he opens a fucking fire extinguisher, and there's a fucking gun from Escape from, from New York. Fucking opens a fucking like hatch in the, in the thing, and there comes a fucking alien suit and shit. He's just fucking battling all of them. It's just a fucking bloodbath in uh, there. And in the end, at final fucking climax, uh, and it's fucking Daryl Hannah's is flipping around and shit, uh-huh. right?
0: <laughs> like she did in Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Look <laughs> like in that movie,
1: Chevy Chase is there, <laughs> being a dickhead. Yeah, he's like, "Come at me, motherfuckers! Come at me, motherfuckers!" In that moment, they all fucking disappear, and he's just sitting there. And that footage plays again. And it says, John Carpenter, you did all right. Nice. that's the end of the movie.
0: I like that. Would you uh, be willing to put a ghost cop into your story?
1: (laughs) Sure. All
0: right. So if you had a ghost cop and you're willing to work on spec with Steve Skelton, you've got yourself a deal. You ready? You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. That's the end of our game time. I declare myself uh, the producer the winner uh, because I canceled all checks and I left for Barbados. Uh, this is the bottom five. Uh, five sad things about movies. Um Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think are the worst of uh, either John Carpenter sequels or remakes that he had nothing to do with. Uh, The first is the recent prequel, The Thing, which, yeah, it's not horrible, but it it doesn't doesn't live up to anything that the original set up. Uh, The next one is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, The next one after that is Rob Zombie's Halloween.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, in
0: which he decided to make the whole movie about Michael Myers' backstory, which makes him not scary at all. The next one is the remake of Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, that was blue. Which is filled with nonsense that makes no sense. And for me, the blandest and worst remake of a John Carpenter film was the PG 13 version of The Fog Mm. with pretty teens. Not fun. But seriously, we we talk a lot of crap on this show, and it's important not to end on a sour note. So we want to end on a happy note. And um, I would like to end by saying simply, uh, for me personally, uh, that John Carpenter, the filmmaker, uh, has really inspired me uh, to... Actually, was one of the main reasons I, I tried to be an actor. Maybe that's not a positive thing. But anyway... Uh, I love John Carpenter I love uh, John if you're out there if you're listening I love your movies I'm sure he's listening and, and the fact is, is I know you've forced yourself into retirement after th- 2001 you've like dealt in small projects since then but dude you're only 63 years old uh, Clint Eastwood is 400 years old he's still making movies I know it's harder for you to get your movies greenlit because they're weird but I think a lot of people, if not just me, would would like to see you do some hardcore horror stuff again. So come back. Come back out of direct-to-video and TV land, and let's do this again, John. I'm here for you. I will work for free. I will be your intern. That's me saying that. I'm serious. I will be your intern. John, come back. That's it that's the film pigs podcast thanks for listening uh a couple quick plugs if you haven't seen our video reaction to harold and kumar's uh, uh very harold and kumar 3d christmas check it out and rush 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 to see it yeah on our website jokey bits uh after a year uh in hiatus has finally posted a new uh, sketch what you should see that there are more to come, um, and uh, Next year. also, uh, well, we've got a few more <laughs> in the can. Maybe we can get a couple up before the end of the year. Um, and uh, check out the the Toncast. Um, the first episode is up at the time of this recording. By the time this goes up, the second one will be up. Where do they find it? Uh, they can go. They can get it on iTunes, or they can go to Podbean.
1: And look up the podcast, Or they put can a just link. Google. Put you can Google. There's a link on our site. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a, a link on our, our site. site. And you can Google Toncast. That's Toncast. toncast. Yes. Yeah. Two uh Yeah. It's a
0: marvelous podcast. And do you guys have any uh, plugs? No. Nah. All right. right. After the theme song fades, wait 20 seconds.
1: Thank wow. you, Adam Blau, for the music. Thank yes, you, Adam. Adam Blau.
0: Thank you. Right, this is Film Pigs podcast, Hidden Track. It's a cold reading.
2: <laughs> that wasn't 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> well, whatever. Which so the, side, the, the what track. side is it? It's uh, the side, the, the, the other side. Here you go. Mickey it's America. from, all right, damn, this damn is, this is, this is uh, the, the, the... <laughs> that we didn't do in the podcast because we were running long and and our producer, Steve Falk, uh, didn't play the theme music. But I really wanted to hear you guys do it. It's from A Thing from Another World.
1: Oh, is there a call? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. No. I assumed it's because of time, but you no, were right. You were, were right. right. But no, no, you didn't.
2: Um, you, but z- you just want me to tack this to the end scal- of the podcast scal- or scal- you want me to put it somewhere else?
0: No, no, no just we'll go it's it's a hidden track you know like on the old 90s albums when there was a hidden track there was blank space and then they did something at the end another song so I'll song, just leave it on song. yeah just leave it on right. so uh, Falk you'll be playing the part of Nikki. what movie is this? This is from A Thing from Another World, the movie that John Carpenter's The Thing was based Am on. Am I a lady? Oh, yeah. You're a lady, okay. but you don't have to do a lady voice. Uh, and and you're Henry. Voice. The secret to this is this 50s movie, okay? And it's it's like, I think there's three and a half pages here. But you got to remember that three and a half pages in the 1950s translated to about a minute and 45 right. seconds. Right,
1: okay, good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All ready, right.
3: ready?
0: Brilliant. Go. So it's in the interior of Mickey's room. You Nikki's just said go. And office. Well, mm. I had to t- set the scene.
2: You sure you trust me with your little... With, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take that again. You sure you trust me with little you all alone in your bedroom?
1: Yes, I think I can.
2: Very manly. You ought to wear pants.
1: I do. Yeah.
2: Outside of that news, what's on your mind? I want a favor. Uh-huh
1: i want to tie your hands behind your back.
2: Oh, for... Look, you asked me in here. I didn't break down the door. Why please, make it Pat. Personal? I said it was a favor. All right, then. But no practical jokes. Promise?
1: I promise. Here, sit and put your hands around the back. The Secretary of Defense will never understand this. It's all very simple. First, there's a boogeyman uh, in a cake of ice down in the cellar. I've got a small case of jumps, and I want company. Is this the way you usually entertain your company? Have it a drink.
2: I'd love it. And a long straw, please.
1: Second, I want you to know, out on the ice today, I noticed the way you jumped in between me and the explosion. Can we get to the point? Why am I tied up? Because I want to tell you how much I admire you without getting fingerprints all over my clavicle.
2: Thanks for the compliment. Both of them.
1: Another drink? After you. I'm gonna have a straight one. But don't get your hopes up. Liquor doesn't make me amorous. It ought to. Nothing else does. I like the way you handled yourself today, Pat, and I like the way you stood up to all the bigwigs and refuse to let them play around with the, with the thing.
2: You like everything about me, but me, is that it? No,
1: I like you too. In fact, I'm going to kiss you.
2: Untie me, honey.
1: No, I'm going to kiss you, not wrestle you.
2: Talk about Japanese tortures.
1: That was very nice. Was it? Very. See what a good time you can have when you're forced to behave yourself.
2: Nikki. what you don't know about making love would populate the whole interior of Australia.
1: I'll learn. (laughs) When I'm good and ready. They say it comes naturally.
2: Untie me now?
1: Not in your life. Admit it, Pat. This was a great idea. Look at you at sitting talking to me like a civilized man instead of grabbing me around like a throwback. Why, if you weren't tied up, I wouldn't have dared tell you how much I like you. Got a light? You see, your trouble is you don't know anything about women. You have no, no technique. When a woman likes to...
2: Among other things you don't know is how to tie a knot. It's very likely because the only knots you have on your mind are marital ones. Good night, Miss Nicholson.
0: There it is, your hidden track from the film Pigs. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Very 50s. I'm 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 feeling amorous now. <laughs>